Goodbyes are never easy. Corey Lindsley heads off to the Chargers. Jamal Williams and Tim Boyle to the Lions. All of that stuff and more on episode 63, a fittingly episode number 63 of the Underage Packers podcast. I'm Joey, one of your co-hosts today. Thanks so much for listening and tuning in. Joining me as always is the Jamal Williams Superfan, and my co-host, Big B. How are you today? Well, it's weird being a partial Lions fan, but I'm doing pretty good. You know, we, um, I, I miraculously predicted it, uh, that he would end up on the Lions when we went on Aaron Nagler's podcast, Nagler's Never Right. Uh, and I've been saying that for about like a year and a half now that yeah. jokingly, of course. I, yeah, I feel like that's been like a few months ago. That was an on running joke, you know, that, you know, Jamal will, is going to leave and he's going to go to the Lions. We never like we, we let it rest for a few weeks. We put it on the shelf for a few months. All of a sudden it happens. We're like, wait a minute. But, um, uh, yeah. you know, he wasn't on your list of your three teams, obviously, but it could be much worse. <laughs> At least it's not the Bears or Vikings. It's just the Lions. And it's kind of like the little brother. It's like, well, yeah. I'm not, I can't get mad at you. You suck too much. But Jamal will turn that franchise around once Jamal Williams leaves there. Uh, the Detroit Lions will have a totally different reputation. Damn right. All right. Let's get into it, though. Uh, NFL news, Packers news, mostly, obviously. So first off, the Packers, we just finished recorded. We published the episode. And then like 20 minutes later, Aaron Jones extension breaks. So uh, we, we didn't talk about that last week. Aaron Jones signs a four-year million, a four-year deal with fourth $48 million. There's actually some really interesting details on this, though. For the first few years, it's really team-friendly. In 2021, he only carries a cap hit of $4 million. In 2022, it goes up to $9 million. And it's just like, and we'll get to this later, about the people crying about not being able to retain Corey Lindsley. But it's a really nice deal for the Packers. I'd expect them. Uh, you know, he's going to have to fight to stay on that contract in 2022 uh, and pass that, obviously. Um, maybe he takes a pay cut down uh, 2023 at some point down the line, but Aaron Jones applauds to you uh, for taking that pay cut. Um, you know, even though, even if you didn't go to green Bay, you were going to get more than 4 million this year. And then obviously more on the next following year. So he definitely did take a discount to stay here. Um, Big B, what do you think uh, that 4 million cap hit for 2021 is a huge thing because if that, if that's 9 million this year and we got another 5 million that we have to get out with the restructure. So any messages to Aaron Jones? Do you take him any more lightly? Um, well, again, Russ Ball is a freaking wizard. And one good thing about this contract is apparently the salary cap is supposed to boost up next year. So that's that's even better. It's like you're barely playing on anything if it does raise exactly. up. Exactly. These obviously the Packers in 2022, they kind of kick the can down the road a little bit this year, which you kind of have to do um, with COVID. I mean, the, the salary cap isn't real. It's a really interesting thing because people realize this year, like you don't have, like you can really just kick it down the road till like 2035, you know, um, and you can just maneuver it in that way. It's obviously it's going to create future struggles for you, but you're never going to be at the point where you're like, we have to cut this player, you know, uh, like sometimes that happens. Obviously there's cap casualties, Kyle Fuller. And that almost to me had more to do like 
good lord, 20 million cap hit for Kyle Fuller. He's a great player, but Jesus, with Cleo Mack on a monster contract and all those other players who can't afford to play Kyle Fuller, that um, it was looking like the Packers would might have been in the mix with him when they released him, but I think it was pre-planned all along that he was going back to Vic Fangio in Denver. Yep. All right, uh, now the, the moves that the Packers haven't made, uh, so-called. People, oh, they getting all in their feelings because the Packers haven't improved. Oh, boy, I literally have this in the script as, like, the SpongeBob uh, meme tag. The Packers haven't improved, like, the lowercase, uppercase. You know what I'm saying if you uh, have been on Twitter for more than 50 seconds. Um, so, look, here's the th- my first point on this. As we are recording this, free agency has been open legally for four days. Just because, like, what did you expect the Packers to go out there and sign Richard Sherman? If you look at all these other teams that are uh, signing players, I, you know, they, they have that cap space, but they also weren't playoff contenders last year. The Packers won free agency already by signing Kenny Clark, Aaron Jones, and David Bakhtiari. You cannot mistake um, signing people as achievements. Vikings paying Patrick Peterson $10 million for one year, does that mean they improved because they signed him? No, not in my opinion. I think that's overpay for him. And now we, they lost Anthony Harris. So just because you add a play four days into free agency, obviously, you know, if you if you aren't doing anything four days into free agency, you are doomed. And I, I've already seen the comments of the Packers will be lucky, lucky to have eight wins. The offense is going to suck because they don't have a wide receiver. Do you know how many comments there were in April of last year? Another thing that gets me is, do we get any closer to being able to beat the Buccaneers? That is the stupidest nonsense you can utter out your mouth or type onto your keyboard. If you are worried about who they're going to be able to beat come January and March, stop it. I heard all March, all April of last year, oh no, are we going to be able to beat the 49ers? And look, it was a unique case. But that's all the proof that you need. Anything can happen year to year. The Buccaneers could have that same strain of injuries. And I'm not going to bet on a team with a 44-year-old quarterback to stay consistent and have a, and replicate that success the next year. So all I'm saying is you can stop with we haven't improved. There's still the draft, which you're probably going to hate anyways. But either way, this the improvements that we're adding are the draft and develop. I've said to so many people on Twitter this week, the, the develop part of the draft and develop is just as important. Darnell Savage, Sean Gary, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, you know, all these players that took second year, third year jumps are what makes this team better. So you have A.J. Dillon, you have Josiah DeGuara. Those are going to be your additions to the team. You have Kamal Martin. You have three interior offensive linemen going into their second year. This is is how Green Bay has always been run. Don't expect anything different. Stop saying just because this X team signs X player, that does not mean they improved. They have players that are going to take a downturn, and the Packers will too. Who knows if Aaron Rodgers is going to have another MVP season. He could go out there and have a 2018-like season. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, Big B, any thoughts on we haven't improved? Man, you 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 nailed it. So I'm just gonna let you have this moment, and you can take it because that was beautiful. 
Thank you. Think yeah. about. Um, yeah, I, I just can't believe that people go through that. All right. <laughs> Next up, we have, uh, like I mentioned, Jamal Williams, the GOAT, and the laser show, Tim Boyle, signing with the Detroit Lions. Um, look, I, I think I'll start this off, and then I'll let you give your perspective on it. Uh, but oh. just the people saying that they lost respect for Jamal Williams. Okay, they can all die. I will block your if you say that. You better not say that because that is the stupidest thing you could ever say. More stupid than saying we got to beat Tampa next year in the middle of April. So shut up. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I guess maybe because we know, not on a personal level, but we know Jamal. We've talked to him. And well, you have at least, you know, um, like he is just trying to get the best for his family. He knows it's not for long. So uh look he especially in his role as a running back uh and, and so he's got to get his money he's got to put food uh, on the table for his daughter so he doesn't have to work again I'm gonna let the man get his money I, I completely understand where you're coming like with in the case of Brett Favre that's a much different case Brett Favre had all the money that he needed when he signed <laughs> with the Vikings Paul Williams is coming off a day three rookie contract let him get his money. It's a two-year deal. Don't be scared of the Lions. But, you know, that happens. So, Jamal, we're not scared of the Lions too much yet. You know, they might be playoff contenders now with Jamal. But when Tim Boyle signed with the Lions, I'm, I'm a little scared of them. Yeah. They're going to the Super Bowl. They're going I, the I think it's almost too safe to say. I mean, they got Geronimo Allison over there as well. Yeah. So, that is scary stuff, man. Um but I'm serious. So Tim Boyle signing with the Lions uh, from everybody. I, I can't remember. We talked about him not being Tinder on the last episode, but from everybody at training camp, I'm telling you, apparently this guy had a really great off season. He played great at training camp. So he, he could beat out Jared Goff. There's obviously a reason they signed him is, you know, and I love the classic of, uh, you know, we're looking up his college stats. That always gets me with, with Jordan Love. And Tim Boyle. Now we're even looking up Tim Boyle's college stats at what Eastern Kentucky, and we're like one touchdown, thirteen interceptions. Dude, Brad Holmes, I believe that's the new GM, and Dan Eden, the kneecaps off Campbell, uh, know more than you. People don't like to hear that sometimes. So, yep. all right, uh, one more departure from the Packers: Corey Lindsley signing a five-year, sixty-two million deal with the LA Chargers, reuniting. With Brian Balaga, Big B, you think Iowa. Uh, uh, Iowa good fit for Corey? Um, yeah, I, I guess so. I really yeah. don't. I, I guess. Yeah, well, you know, I play with Justin Herbert, so that's always a win. Exactly. I, I think good move. The the Chargers have added quite a few veteran pieces to their offense line in the past few weeks to protect Justin Herbert and their running back of Austin Eckler, fantasy superstar. Um. So, yeah, great for Corey. And another thing I want to put to rest, and I'll stop yelling then, uh, <laughs> is um, the idea that it was Aaron Jones over Corey Lindsley. And I'm going to clip this out for because there's a lot of weird people on YouTube that don't seem to understand this. The Pat, It wasn't Aaron Jones over Corey Lindsley. As I mentioned earlier, this is a, pretty much a two-year deal with the Packers and Aaron Jones. So 
Corey Lindsley is getting much more in guaranteed money. It's a five-year deal, a much longer commitment for a 29-year-old center. Um, Aaron Jones took a pay cut. Yeah, for as much as people like to talk about A.J. Dillon, the Packers have plenty of people to replace, not replace, but start at center next year. They have Lucas Patrick. They have Elton Jenkins. For Christ's sake, they drafted three guys, interior offense linemen, so they have the pieces to replace them. They said Aaron Jones is too versatile weapon to go. We're going to get him on this cheaper contract, almost a hometown discount, and boom, there you go. So put that idea to rest that it was Aaron Jones over Corey Lindsley because obviously offense linemen and all I'd have an all pro center over all pro running back any day of the week, but it wasn't we want we're going to pay Aaron Jones this money instead of Corey Lindsley. And also usually the Packers get rid of offensive linemen around 29 30 with of course Balaga last year, Josh Sitton, um, TJ Lang just to name a few, like that's what they've been doing for a couple of years now. It's always happened. Corey Lindsley is the perfect, like he, Corey Lindsley himself is an example of letting JC Treader walk. And I, I think he might've been having an injury, but they let JC Treader walk. And I'm sure everybody was worried about this fourth rounder coming in and he steps in and here we are. So I'm not saying Lucas Patrick three years from now is going to be an all pro center, but I'm just saying this has happened before the Brian, Brian Willaga was such a, preposterous move not to resign him. Corey Lindsley was such a preposterous move. And uh, here we are. So the Packers will recover. They have the places to replace. All right. Uh, let's move on to some restructures here. The Packers creating some cap space. I don't believe we talked about this on the last episode, but Sedarius Smith contract was restructured, making $7 million in cap space or freeing up $7 million in cap space um, and kicking it down to 2022, which is the last year on his contract. Zedarius really wanted an extension, and the Packers simply were not uh, ready to give him that money, whether it be, it, you know, let's just restructure you now. We'll work on an extension later. We'll see how you play this year, and then we'll talk about contract, uh, and we'll see how much money we have. But Big B, what do you think of Packers instead of uh, extension? given the restructure and do you think he deserves a extension? Well, right now I, I like restructuring him it, yeah. but I, I feel like he does deserve an extension. Maybe next off season he yeah. gets it, but that's really how I think they were looking at that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, after it's like 2019 with the Packers, Darius was just on a whole nother level and so 2020 wasn't a down year. It was just you couldn't match that at all. So see how he does in 2021. Come back after that and say, we'll give you two more years on this deal. And it, we go from there. Um, all right. Uh, and I had moving on here. The Packers pass up on restructuring Aaron Rodgers deal. I'm not going to act like I know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. But uh I, if correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, uh, kindly please don't go out. I'm, yeah, I don't read the comments anyways, but just please be kind. I, I read them, so you'll yeah. Be big B, Big B is a comment reader, so yeah. don't make him uh, get so mad that he DMs me at the mean comments. All right, um, so I but I believe it was a signing bonus that they'd restructure into guarantees, so that Rogers would have and feel more of a commitment from the team. 
a lot of people were thinking, you know, what does this mean for the future of Aaron Rodgers? And in my opinion, I still think it really comes down to a few main things. And it's all, you know, if they, if it is still Jordan Love that is their guy uh, a year from now, then he still has to earn that job no matter what. If, like, you know, whether they restructure Rodgers or not, Jordan Love still has to earn that job. Aaron Rodgers still has to be at the point where they can get good trade value for him, but also isn't, you know, like carrying the roster on his back, I guess. Um, so big B, what, do you know any more things about uh, Rodgers restructure, what it means, what it doesn't? Yeah. I was going to ask you this like a couple days ago, but I forgot. So I, yeah. yeah, I don't, I'm more, I'm more clueless than you. So yeah, it's like, uh, People have a basic ideas, but we'll leave that to Ken Ingalls. Uh, all right. Before we get to some more boring stuff, uh, let, I wanted to read this blog post, uh, a comment on Cheesehead TV. Our good friend Tyler Herrick shared it on Twitter from 2005. And this is absolutely incredible because, you know, me and Big B were two months old. Uh, in 2005, when all the pitter-patter uh, was going on about the Packers drafting Aaron Rodgers to eventually replace Brett Favre. So, yeah, and then, so we don't experience that, obviously. And then 2020 comes along, and we have pretty much a parallel. And it's all happening on Twitter, and you don't have to search through some MySpace form to find people's <laughs> thoughts on it. Like, I, it's so fun to go on Twitter and literally look back at, like, I love to look up um, the Packers post like the Packers social media account like posting we have selected X player with this pick in the draft and looking oh, back I at the replies I, uh, love I always yeah. comment like reply yeah. to them who say yeah it's like video. what do you think about this so now funny. pal yeah <laughs> uh, Jair Alexander is a great one to look back at I'm just throwing out some recommendations out there there is a few about Devontae Adams but a lot of those like you know there was it was Twitter Sports Twitter wasn't as big as a thing back then, so it might be hard to find some posts about that. Um, but like I mentioned, here is a comment from a, a Cheesehead TV reader back in 2005, May of 2005. 10.03 p.m. was a late night for Jerry. All right. He says, uh, I think it's fairly safe. Absorption. Come on, Jerry. Use some right camera. I don't know his name, but this guy needs to use some better grammar. I think it's a fairly safe assumption that Aaron Rodgers is no Donovan McNabb. Not that I think McNabb is that great. I'm really growing tired of people saying we got value at 24. That's that makes no football sense, especially in the era of three year contracts. Sound familiar? Plus, instead of letting him play his play determine his playing time, he's going to be like Tim Couch, Ryan Leaf, and the rest of the bus and get the job handed to him. Meaning if he sucks, we're going to have to watch him suck for at least two seasons. I don't subscribe to the shoddy philosophy. What does that mean? That's a 2005 slang term. Uh, S-H-O-D-D-Y philosophy. Maybe maybe they censored swear words. I don't know. Uh, I like the Brett Favre, Mark Brunel, Craig Nall mentality and naturally aspire into it, which he's talking about in that paragraph. He's basically saying when you draft a quarterback – you're, you're pretty much going to play him because you drafted him that high. Brett Favre, Mark Brunel, 
somebody got injured, somebody had to move on, and they were like, okay, this is the guy we have, which Packers literally traded a first-round pick for Brett Favre, but whatever. Um, by, the, by the way, I love that he pulled out Mark Burnell. Yes, I know. Mark Burnell, of all people. Uh, and then he, he, he ends it off with, hey, there's no doubt in my mind Rodgers was a wasted pick. However, after selecting Jamal Reynolds, Bubble Franks, and Ahmad Carroll over the course of the last few years in round one, Packers fans have grown accustomed to riding off the first pick. Green Bay has always <laughs> this okay, this is crazy right here. Green Bay has always had late round success in the draft when which really saves face and a whole lot more. Like this was the first year of Ta- Ted Thompson. They really predicted how the next 12 years of him would go. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the only smart part of that entire Exactly. Like we get like Demarius Randall, Derek Sherrod in round ha Clinton Dixon round one, but then like we just hey, go come in. on. <laughs> David Bakhtiari, wow. Corey Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, round two four through five, you know. Just casually throw that in there. I'm sorry I insulted ha there. Yeah, I know. You. But it is just absolutely crazy to look back at that and see the parallels. And no, I'm not saying Jordan Love is going to be Aaron Rodgers, but I'm just saying it is quite fun to see, um, the, like the exact same mindset. Yeah, and like I could probably find a tweet that's exactly like that. You could, you probably could. Like, I, I mean, it's pretty insane. I don't want to dwell on this too long, but. And you Aaron Rodgers at 24, it, like, you don't get no value for that? Yeah, uh, there There's was no, another. Like, what? Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, the wasted pick talk here. The actors, you know, we typically waste first-round picks, so it's it's really awesome to look back at that. And I hope, dude, when Jordan Love does anything, when he completes his first five-yard pass, I am going to be going off on everybody on Twitter. I'm going to be so annoying. And it's going to be so glorious. So am I. I'm going to be one annoying person. I bet I'm going to lose probably like 30 followers just after that one play. Yeah, this is going to be the most annoying podcast to listen to when Jordan Love is the starter. Um, <laughs> all right, let's talk about um, some stupid moves the Vikings, Lions, and Bears are making. Um, Wait, did you just call... What the well, Lions making stupid moves? Not Excuse all me? stupid moves. Just we're highlighting the moves they did make that were questionable. The Lions actually, yeah. their dumb moves, I actually kind of agree with. But let's start off with the Bears. This is like, dude, it never ends with Chicago. It never ends <laughs> with their quarterback problems. It's hilarious. Um, like all of my life, you know, you know, Jay Cutler sucks. You know, they have no plan at quarterback. Sorry, I had to take a sip of Dr. Pepper there. Um, sponsor us, yes, please. I'm not gonna, you know, actually, I shouldn't say Dr. Pepper, I should say I'm drinking uh, unanimous soda. Please, uh, we're open to any sponsors here. Um, but the Bears they they have never figured out their quarterback problem ever since like the Egyptians were building the pyramids and the Bears were still looking for a quarterback back then. They found Jim McMahon for a few years. Yes. All right. Um, so here the, the glorious thing, they trade a fourth rounder for Nick Foles two years or, or before this year. And it's like, why, why would he's got a, a four year, 70 million contract. He's coming off 
a season where he was injured the whole time. Why are you doing this? Uh, not that a fourth rounder is egregious, but that contract is insane. Yeah. Uh, after trading up in the first round for Mitch Trubisky, and that same time where Sean Watson and Patrick Mahomes were on the board, so they do that. Then it's Mitch Trubisky's contract year, and they're they're thinking, man, those for those weeks, man, where I was Bears fans were telling me, man, once we get Russell Wilson, it is over, over. We will be the kings of the north. They said on their TikTok keyboards, and here they are with the ride rifle. Andy Dalton, one year, ten million. Congrats to Andy Dalton, folks. How scared of you are of Andy Dalton, Big D? I am shaking in my boots right now. I am terrified. Andy Dalton's about to light us up mm-hmm. like he did back in 2014 to the Bengals on week 17. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Andy Dalton, uh, you know, spent a year with Mike McCarthy over in Dallas. Wasn't the best. Um, Man, it's uh, great for the Bears. Great for Andy uh, and his family. $10 million to the bank. All right, they also released cornerback Kyle Fuller, like I mentioned earlier. $20 million cap pit he signed with the Broncos. And also, they are now looking to trade – they allowed Akeem Hicks to seek the trade market, which the word came out that they offered three first-rounders, a second-rounder, and two starters for Russell Wilson. you got to assume now that Kyle Fuller and Akeem Hicks were those players. And the Seahawks are probably like, do Kyle Fuller at $20 million? You better figure out something. <laughs> and I don't think they're ever going to trade Russell anyways. But Akeem Hicks, dude, I am telling you, the Bears will never trade him inside the division, but I would offer up the next 20 first round picks for Akeem Hicks. Maybe not that much, but if you, if Akeem Hicks is a Packer and on the 2020 team, the 2021 team, just give them the Lombardi trophy. Now I'm telling you, man, like that would be absolutely incredible. A man can dream. All right, the Vikings. The Vikings, do they always go out and sign who I want the Packers to sign in free agency? So they went with Patrick Peterson, one year, two million, and then Dalvin Tomlinson from the Giants. So, you know, I'm not going to say they're doing anything stupid because I love both of those guys. Um, and then the Lions, I really like both these moves, really. Uh, Kenny Galladay, uh, who had a pretty big contract and was injured. So, you know, he signs with the Giants. Uh, and they also. We signed Romeo Acora, who is a, a great player and who's pretty underrated as well. So three years, $39 million for Romeo. Um, any thoughts on these in-division moves, Bigby? Well, I think they're all trash. Um, they're all never going to win the yep. division because you got Aaron Rodgers and now Jordan Love. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yep. They shouldn't uh, even try anymore. Yeah, exactly. Just like – give up at this point like probably could win the division this year at nine and seven like I'm serious I like I don't care what you know like we if we're average like all right just like kind of wobble into the playoffs win four games but like I I, I don't look at anybody on here unless Kirk Cousins can step something up I don't see any of these teams being over eight and eight. Yes. 
We're going to go. Lions will go 11 and 5 solely because Jamal Williams is on that team. If Tim Boyle earns a starting job, then the Lions will go 10 and 6. Staying it here today. Yeah. All right. Let's end it off here with the Packers tendering a few players and not tendering a few unrestricted free agents. Uh, unrestricted free agent Robert Tanyan received a second round tenure tender was around three million. Uh, so if any team wants to make offer of them for him over that three million mark, they can. The Packers have the option to match it. If the Packers don't match it, then they get that team's second round pick, or maybe they just offer their second round pick. Um, uh, yeah, what well, shoot? What is this called? What's a ERFA? Exclusive rights free agent. There we go. Alan Lazard received a tender as expected. Uh, and then four unrestricted free agents just um, receiving normal tenders. Chandon Sullivan, Yash Nyman, Randy Ramsey, and Malik Taylor, all earning uh, tender from the Packers, so they will be back. And then you have Tyler Lancaster, Raven Green, surprisingly, both not receiving tenders. I think there is something to talk about with Raven Green there because Mike Pettin, Stephens, I think, really like that. Uh, type of dime backer, and maybe Joe Barry doesn't like that. So, um, you know, Raven yeah, Green. I, th- I thought I thought Raven Green played great last year before his season-ending oh, yeah. injury. I thought that he was going to be on the team for at least a couple more years. But yeah, that's just like he is a perfect example of a role player, though. But like a valuable yeah. role player. Um, and yeah, it, 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 that was just his problem, though. He always near. The end of the year, he had an injury. Even when he first got put on the roster in 2018 or 19, he had an injury. 2019, near the end of the year, he's out for all the playoffs. 2020, he's out for all the playoffs. So, really yeah. disappointing for Raven. Hope he can find a new yeah, home. Dude just can't stay healthy, which is very depressing. Just can't stay yeah. on the field. That's a perfect segue to our last piece of news here to another player who – couldn't stay on the field is Montrevious Adams, who uh, he signed with the New England Patriots. This is such a Bill Belichick signing here. Um, I felt very proud because a lot of Patriots fans were asking, okay, who is this guy? Packers fans, is he any good? I told him, look, he showed some potential at some signs. Uh, I I never understood the pick even when he was drafted. I was like, dude, why did we do this? And, like, that third round, if you, like – after that first night of the draft, you're like so tired. You just had a bunch of pizza, a bunch of Dr. Peppers the night before. You waited to pick 29 to the, for the Packers to pick. And then like round two, you're like, all right, cool. And then you got all the trades and it gets boring. Round three, you are ready to go to bed. It's 11 o'clock at <laughs> night. And the Packers select Montrevious Adams, a defensive tackle. So, you know. And then he sprains his pinky toe last year. During exactly. Camp. He gets pulled over for some weed. Yep. Montrevious, dude, wishing you the best in uh, New England. All right. Well, um, hopefully next, soon we have some uh, more news to announce for the Packers. But that's all I got for today. Big B, anything you got to say? Any final messages with uh, Jamal Williams now lying? Um, well, new movement I have officially started is trade for Jamal Williams. That will be kicking off our inaugural campaign next week. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be amazing. And wow, that's some big also, news right there. 
Yep. And also, I broke news on Twitter that uh, Mercedes oh. Lewis is try- working on a new contract, and he wants more money than the last two years. Yes, that is – we will look back on that forever. Like, that is the greatest story. I'm not going to say it on here, but that is just a, a great story how you got that news. Um, yep. Thanks for reporting that as well. But Yeah, my first thanks- time, first time. So, so First time, Big B, the official – news breaker thanks everybody for watching and listening to episode 63 of underage packers subscribe to our youtube channel right here if you're watching uh give us a good review on apple Podcasts. follow us on spotify all that good stuff you can find us on twitter at underage packers pod tiktok instagram all of that good stuff and as always go pack go